Hey, I'm Cynthia Koffel, and this is Better Regulate Than Never. This is a show where young people can find so much information about emotional health and ways that they can unlock their greatest potential. So I'm so glad that you joined me today because you are going to start this amazing journey that you won't even believe. Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 19 of Better Regulate Than Never. I hope the beginning of 2021 has been good for you so far. Winter is not my favorite season, but it certainly helps me appreciate the other seasons so much more. So I just tell myself there's not a whole lot of winter, I guess. (laughs) So... Um, but this can be a time, you know, after the new year, we kind of get in a slump sometimes of kind of the dreariness of winter and, and, um, we kind of lose sight of those goals and exciting things that we thought about at the beginning of the year. So keep thinking about your goals and the person you want to be. And remember that blank piece of paper that you're creating yourself on every year. I love that. And I hope that that helps you to kind of get through this dull time. And maybe winter's your favorite uh, season, so you're so excited. I hope so. In the bullying episode, Haley and I talked about the difference between bullying and conflict. So today I wanted to talk more about what is conflict and how to have healthy conflict. Conflict is part of every single relationship you have or will have. When you are close to other human beings, there will always be times when you don't agree on the same things. You have already experienced this with your parents and probably your close friends and maybe even a romantic relationship if you've been in one. This is going to continue throughout your lifetime. But I want to talk to you about how to have healthy conflict. Unfortunately, I see a lot of unhealthy ways people go about their conflict. Conflict is a clash of interest, a problem or struggle, or to fail to be in agreement. We learn how to deal with conflict by watching the adults in our lives. Sometimes they are not the best teachers in how to do this uh, because they weren't trained on how to do it any more than we're trained. Um, I think there's a little bit more training in schools now for social emotional stuff about this than what our parents got, but it's, it's spotty at best. So we're all really still trying to figure things out. If there is name calling, which is verbal abuse, or if there is hitting, which is physical abuse, this is not the right way to deal with conflicts in your life. If either of these two things are being displayed, your family definitely needs some help in learning new ways to have conflict, or you may need to talk to some trusted adults in your family or community that can help you to decide how to handle these situations. And even if you haven't been taught the best ways to handle conflict, you can adopt new ways of doing this. The first step is to acknowledge what part you play in the conflict. Um, conflicts are never just one-sided. 
both people have played some part in that. So you need to look at what part did you play in the conflict. And you may have a smaller part, um, but you still need to acknowledge what is it that you're doing or not doing that is causing the conflict at least to go on, if not escalate. Over the years, many young people have complained to me about their parents or their teachers. But when we really examined what the young person was doing or not doing, we could pinpoint some of the ways the young person played a part in the conflict. For instance, if a student never turns their homework in on time, and their teacher doesn't trust them to complete anything else on time, the student at first just focuses on the fact that their teacher doesn't trust them. The student complains that it's unfair that their teacher doesn't trust them, but they haven't built any trust with their behavior. I explain to the student that once they have established a pattern of behavior of turning work in on time, the teacher will start to trust them. One time of turning in their work on time does not establish a trusting bond. It must be a series of at least 10. And I usually use the number 14. Another situation I used to get a lot from students was um, students telling me their parents didn't believe them. But when we started looking at examples, the young person would tell me that they used to lie to their parents, but that they were starting to tell the truth. I would ask them if they had told 14 truths in a row without one lie. Usually they hadn't. I read somewhere that it takes 14 truths to erase a lie or to build trust with the person um, that you don't lie. And so I used to use that gauge for any behavior that young people wanted their parents, teachers, friends, or partners to believe. If you want your parents to believe that you're going to come home on time, come home on time 14 times in a row without a mistake, then they will start to believe you. If you want your teachers to believe that you will turn your homework in on time, turn in your homework on time or all of your work on time 14 times in a row without a mistake, and they will probably start to believe you. Test this theory out. It certainly will not be to your disadvantage. Many of the conflicts we have with others have to do with our expectations of their behavior. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't expect some behaviors from our parents, friends, or romantic partners, but we have, we usually have a whole manual of rules about how others should treat us or how others should act. Here's an example from my life. My husband manual says that a husband will always put away anything he gets out before he moves on to another task. When my husband would leave the toaster on the counter, I would feel furious because my manual says that he's not to do that. And he is clearly breaking this rule with no care to how I feel about it. I would even tell him about this rule. And sometimes there it was out on the counter. Now I can ask him not to do this, but he has the control on whether he does it or not. I don't. Me getting angry and crazy about it only bothers me, not him. He doesn't care whether he put it away or not, or he would put it away. Manuals for other people's behavior does not work. 
I cannot control him or anyone's behavior. I can't even control my own kids' behavior. And I couldn't control their behavior when they were actually young people before they were adults. And trying to do that causes suffering for me. Now, obviously, leaving the toaster out on the counter is not a deal breaker. Um, It's nothing other than me being annoyed. And so that is not a reason to ruin this whole relationship because he left the toaster on the counter. I decided that I love him exactly how he is, even if he doesn't put things, put, he doesn't put everything away. And sometimes when I decide that it actually gets better because there's not all this craziness around this one task of putting the toaster away. Now, I also have an expectation that my spouse will not abuse me. And if that were to happen, that is a deal breaker. But I don't use this expectation to try to control him. If abuse were ever to happen, I would get my things and leave. There would not be a discussion or me trying to change him or control him or yelling at him about it or telling him how terrible he is because he did it. I can't control him. If that's the kind of person he decides to be, okay, that's what you decided. And I'm going to decide to do something else because I don't want to have this in my life. And that's okay too. So you need to think about, you know, having expectations isn't what's bad. The expectations with feelings attached to it, or if you don't do this, I'm going to be mad at you and I'm going to yell at you about these things doesn't help anything. There's no need to get in a struggle about it. If you want a romantic partner that doesn't use drugs, that's great. That's a really great expectation. I also have that one. Um, but if you find that your romantic partner starts using drugs, then you would just choose not to be with that person. I think being drug-free is a very reasonable expectation So, um, you don't have to try to convince them to stop or change because you can't control that part of the person. You would decide to leave the relationship and move on. This happens in life and that's okay. And sometimes we decide not to be friends with people anymore because they are deciding to go on a, a journey that you don't want to be on. And that's okay. You don't have to be mad at them. You don't have to treat them badly because they're going on a different journey let them go on a different journey and you're going to go on a different one. And, um, that's fine. It does take two people to fight and have a conflict. So even if you tell your partner or friend you're leaving, or you don't want to be in that relationship anymore and they beg you to stay and they're sorry, and they're going to do all these different things, you don't have to get involved in that. Trying to do that is never going to work when you, when you can't trust them or you can't believe that they're going on the same journey that you thought they were going on. Just let them know, Hey, that was a deal breaker and that's okay. I wish you well, and I'm going to go on in, on my journey. You get to decide who you share your life with. Choose them with the greatest ideals in mind. Don't settle for someone being abusive or reckless. Why would you choose that for yourself? You are 100% worthy and lovable, and you need to protect yourself from others that would want you to believe otherwise. Here's another example of a manual in my life. 
that no one should be late, but especially a sister should not be late to any event. So there have been various times when my sister has been extremely late and I get extremely mad because she didn't follow my manual of not being late. Now, I think not being late isn't acceptable and in a fine way to treat people, but trying to control my sister or anyone on the manual of not being late will not work. I now give her the expectation about being on time, but I also tell her that if she decides to be late, that's fine, but I will do something different. So, hey, the time to leave is at 10 o'clock and you you should be at my house at 10 o'clock. But if you choose not to be at my house at 10 o'clock, then I'm going to go ahead and leave at that time and go to the event by myself. Or um, if she's supposed to meet us somewhere or the party starts at 10 or whatever, the party will start or we will do the activity at the starting time, even if you're not there. And that's okay. Then she can choose whatever she wants. And if she chooses to be late, that's fine. I'm not mad. I just move on and do the things that I want to do. Trying to change her and tell her how rude it is. And I'm mad at you and you're not doing these things right or whatever is never going to fix anything. Um, It's just going to be upsetting to me and probably not upsetting to the person that you think is doing wrong. So that's kind of like setting a boundary, but the boundary has nothing to do with that person. It is, um, if this happens, I will do this. So if, if you're not here at 10 o'clock, I'm going to leave and go to the event by myself. If you choose to do drugs, I don't live here anymore. You know, like those are pretty simple, you know, if X happens, then Y, but you are always the, 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 behavior that you're controlling in the, in that boundary is your behavior, not what the other person's going to do. I can control everything about my thoughts and actions. And so deciding how I will act and think is the way to fix conflicts. Now, the hard part of this as a young person is that you don't have complete control over what happens to you, like how your parents treat you, where you live, etc you do still have control over your thoughts and actions. And that is the key to success, no matter what your circumstances are. If your parents are acting unreasonable, you can still choose to think about and act towards them in a way that can make your life and the conflict less stressful. If you can have a calm discussion with them, try to explain your point of view in a calm manner. If they are willing to listen to you, you may find a way to compromise the situation that can make things a bit more bearable. When you notice yourself getting upset with others, first be clear about how that feels in your body. Really get specific about where you feel the vibrations and what they feel like exactly. Get curious about your thoughts and how they are playing into how upset you are. In the example of my sister being late, my thought that upsets me is that she is rude and she doesn't care about others or me. Now that is not even true. And when I think about that, of course I am getting upset. I need to practice some calming phrases ahead of time when I am not upset 
so that I can use them in these times when my when my limbic system wants to take over. Now remember, your limbic system is the fight, flight, or freeze system that we talked about in the brain science episode. When we are in the limbic part of our brain, remember, we cannot think, learn, or reason. We can only react. You cannot have healthy relationships when you are in this part of your brain. When our whole brain is engaged, we can reason through any emotions. So when your whole brain is working, when you are relaxed and thinking, think about the phrases that you should use when you get upset. You can say them to yourself or say them to the person you are having a conflict with. I need a moment. I want some time to sort this out. Let's agree to disagree. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Can we talk about this later? I'm feeling hurt. Can we start over? There are times when you might need to apologize after a conflict happens. Don't just say I'm sorry and leave it at that. Also add why you were wrong. What actions or things that you said that were wrong. Own all of that. Everyone makes mistakes. This is not an excuse and you shouldn't have to apologize all the time. If you are always getting out of control in conflict, you have to figure out how to calm yourself before your limbic brain takes over. When I learned about manuals, I was so surprised about how many I had for all sorts of people in my life. Let go of trying to control others to make you happy. There is not a person in the world that can make you happy. You make you happy. Your parents, best friends, co-workers, or romantic partners cannot meet your needs. You are in charge of whether your needs are met or not. Now, again, I know as a young person, you have no control over whether your parents buy food to feed you or pay the bills that you can, so you can enjoy a warm home or a car to drive, but you still have control of how you react to and think about those things. Remember, if you are being abused or neglected, you must tell an adult in your life so that they can help you. Now, I know this was pretty much kind of an overview, generic kind of way of looking at conflicts, but I think that no matter what kind of conflicts you're having, if you think about how am I trying to control this other person? How do I get myself out of that kind of controlling thinking, like getting rid of the manual um, and like using calming thoughts and activities. And even looking back on that anxiety episode we just had before where you're kind of asking yourself, you know, what is this? What does this say about me? What if I didn't believe this thought? I mean, those things can help too. And I think you'll have much healthier conflicts with people. Because like I said, remember, we are going to have conflicts no matter what. If you are in relationship in any way with people, there's going to be conflicts. But there are ways to deal with them that are healthy and help us to strengthen and make our relationships better. So I really want you to start practicing some of those things. Thank you for listening today. I hope that this helps you deal with your conflicts in your life. 
And I would love it if you sent me ideas and questions and comments. I want to be able to interact with my audience. I want to know who you are. I see people listening on every continent and I just wonder, you know, who are they and um, are they young people? Are they adults? So I'm just very curious to know more about you and I would love to hear from you. Um, Please share this episode with your friends on social media or however you are able to share it with them and rate and review the episodes. It will help me to know um, what is helpful and what directions I should go in. Every day we get to decide what our thoughts are going to be. Choose wisely. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Better Regulate Than Never. Music in this episode was provided by archesaudio.com. Make sure you check out the show notes for links and activities that will help you to get the most out of this episode. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. If you enjoy this show, don't forget to review and rate us wherever you get podcasts.